Coming up today on Locked On at Texas Tech, boy, vey, the cookie does not crumble the way of the Red Raider. We're into it next on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Raider! Everything runs through love. Great to be with you again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, always free and available on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. And today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more and new customers join today and you're getting $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. So visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. With the only Chris Level, I'm Casey Cowan. Chris, great to be with you again, my man. Welcome back to the 806 after a quick trip out to Fort Worth where things did not go according to plan for Grant McCaslin and the Red Raiders. The uh, good times ceased to roll at least for one night as Texas Christian tops Texas Tech 85-78. A whole lot to chew on from that ball game. Plenty of credit to give to Texas Christian because some of what Texas Tech did that they haven't been doing on the negative end, some of what they didn't do that they have been doing on the positive end, I think had a lot to do with the people and purple. So it was a good night for the Frogs and uh, a regathering type of night for Texas Tech now moving forward. Yeah, and you'll you'll see this TCU team again uh, in, in Lubbock, obviously. Uh, it's a tough matchup for, for Texas Tech, the way that the Red Raiders are built. Uh, not the biggest team, as we know, TCU is. They're just long and athletic. There's a lot of depth there, and and is it, they are as experienced as any team that you'll see all all season. We've talked about that with the eight seniors, and um, you know that, that are that are heavily playing in the rotation and and all those things. But uh, yeah, you know, I thought uh, I thought yeah, you look, you go on the road in this two game road trip, and if anybody tells you. Hey, you're you're gonna split it, uh, you know. I, I think you take it now. Granted, yeah, you want to be greedy and and win both, but you, you, you mission accomplished. Uh, it just so happens that uh, that the the second game is the one that uh, that you dropped, and and here we are. And so you yeah you feel a, a bit frustrated because you turned it over too much. Uh, na- namely Joe Toussaint. I mean, he had eight turnovers. Now, granted, he did have nine assists, and I think Grant talked about that after the game. Is that Joe is is trying to find that the correct balance right now, whether I try to distribute or score. And I think, you know, last night he he really tried to distribute more than maybe he should have and tried to look to score a bit more. I don't know. Um, TCU put two on the ball a lot of the time, and they they really tried to get the ball out of his hands and and get him frustrated and, and all those things. And, again, it's a tough matchup, man. Uh, this is These are the games where you desperately miss – Devin Cambridge um, and you wish that like the Robert Jennings and Lamar Washington's were just like older and more experienced to be able to kind of, you know, hang in there. Uh, but you, you, you see some flaws with it whenever Warren Washington is in foul trouble and Darion Williams gets in foul trouble and you have to adjust with your lineups and it's, it's a bit tricky. You start to see kind of see it dip a little bit, uh, you know, specifically in the first half, man, when Warren went out with that, I think it was the the second foul. Uh, it was like eight minutes to go in the half, and you took him out, and, and you were up 11, and then next thing you know, you're not. You're, you're like, the game's tied. 
Um, and I give, you want to know how important he is to your team. Not that it's a direct correlation, but there's a lot going on there. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> rough night in Fort Worth. Um, I got to tell you, whenever like Texas Christian was rattling off that run to close out the first half um, or in the latter stages of the first half and it was like 11-0 or whatever it might have been, I'm thinking, 11-0? We've seen 22-0. You think this is something <laughs> to us? Double it up. We may still win the basketball game. And at the end of the night – I leave the game clearly with some things that you're frustrated with as far as what happened, but I, I don't have a lot of frustration with the team. I thought they fought their butts off till the very end. I mean, Texas Christian finishes one for their or one for nine down the stretch. I mean, you got a chance to win the ball game if some things happen just a little bit differently. I thought Pop Isaacs continued to fight, as did the entire team. So clearly you like to see that. And that's obviously an expectation by this point in the season for this team that they will. But you mentioned the nine assists, not only for Tucson, but nine assists for Isaacs as well against only two turnovers for Isaacs. And then Chance McMillan continued to fill it, at least for a portion of the game, as he scores 19 for you off of the bench. So I don't know. I think you lost against a good basketball team, and it was not just a horrific outing yourself. Again, clearly some things didn't go the way that you needed them to to be able to get the win. And you see on the screen there something uh, referencing out of character, you know, clearly the turnover number for Texas Tech was out of character for them. But uh, I thought overall there were still plenty of things that you got to like about the team and what they were trying to get done uh, there on the road. So whatever the the resiliency or toughness factor is worth to you when you're leaving a tough loss like that, uh, it still stood out to me. It won't matter to anybody uh, in that locker room, uh, it, it, you know, when you when you say it like that, like you just did, and I agree with you. I think you kind of earned some street cred a little bit. I think there was points in that game where you thought, okay, you're about to get run out of here, or it's teetering, and it, you're, yeah. you know, but they just never, they never gave in and just couldn't quite get all the way over the hump uh, at the tail end. But I mean, it was a, was it a three point game with under a minute? Um, so. You know, after Kerwin Walton hits a three. Um, and you know, you, you, you make 14 threes and, and to their 11, which is why it was as close as it was, because unfortunately it was like that or the alley-oop was really your only offense, uh, which was nice by the way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, just dunk it every time and destroy the rim. Three straight possessions. I was into that. That's right. That's right. But, Shout out to uh, the offensive philosophy there on the sideline that was cooking that up. <laughs> but it was, uh. You couldn't get to the free throw line, and and I think thirty two free throw attempts to their fourteen. Now some of those you're fouling at the end and and putting them on the line on purpose, so it it bloats that number a bit for TCU. But yeah. essentially, you know, thirty two free throw attempts to fourteen is just not a recipe to to win, especially on the road. Uh, and and you look at like offensive rebounds, twelve to four, and mm. I think TCU had fourteen second chance points to your zero. It, so when I'm watching this game, uh, and I'm talking about it on the broadcast, what I, what I kept saying was, is like TCU has a larger margin for error because they could like not take a good shot or kind of come down and screw something up, but their length and athleticism on the glass, you know, keeps the ball alive, and then they get another crack at it or even a third crack at it. And o- over 40 minutes, that's that's tough to to deal with because. Um, you, you don't have that same margin for error. It's like you got to come down and bury a three, and if you miss it, you're probably not getting the rebound. And so it's just a bigger margin for error, very small margin for error. But that's kind of uh, the, the way it looked to me based on how these two teams were built. But 
Uh, and then, you know, there was uh, – I don't know if we want to get into this now, but there was two instances where I was – one in, in strong, strong, strong disagreement. First, today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. And happy Super Bowl week to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And FanDuel has more ways than you can count for you to end this season with a dub. Or maybe two, or three, or four, not five, not six. Not only can you bet on who's going to win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which player will score the first touchdown, how many points are going to be scored, and so much more. National Anthem action? That do anything for you? Check it out at FanDuel.com. New customers also joining today, and you're going to get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of 5 bucks or more wins. All you got to do, visit FanDuel.com slash on. To sign up, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started and make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. The other one I'm, I'm still very confused by, don't really grasp exactly what happened, was not given an explanation. Uh, it's tough to ask, like, you know, after a game, after you lose a game like that, it's like you don't, you don't barge in there and go, hey, what happened on the – <laughs> the whatever to anybody on the team everybody's quiet and and doesn't want to you know they're just like kind of so you just kind of try to be invisible a little bit it's a quiet quiet plane ride home and, yeah. and and all those things so it wasn't the time to try to like prod and poke for explanations uh based on my role but like the first half there's a it's it's 23 to what well, it, it was 27 to 21 you you were up 27 to 16, TCU is in the midst of their 11-0 run. And in the middle of that, they throw this alley-oop and Micah Peavy catches it. They call Kerwin Walton, you know, for a foul. The whistle is blown, the basket went in, and everything. So where we get, and so it's, they make it very clear, bucket's good. I'm like, okay, so they're going to go to the free throw line. It's an N one. I guess the foul was on the, the shot attempt. And then, and, and I see the the referees. We, he goes to timeout. They put the they put the two points on the scoreboard to make it twenty seven to twenty three. And I see the referees talking, and they're actually before before they break and go to timeout, they've lined them up on the free throw line. Well, then somebody calls timeout, or we're going to go to immediate timeout. So then everybody, because they're about to hand uh, Micah Peavy the the ball and shoot a free throw. Well, then everybody goes and huddles up, timeout, all that. I see the referees talk. Well, then, then they go and say one of the officials, Tony Padilla, stands on the baseline. is like, nope, we're, we're taking it out right here. It's TCU's ball. But they still gave them the two points. I, yes. I'm, thoroughly, I'm thoroughly confused because that has to be one or the other, unless there's some rule that I'm just completely oblivious to. If, if the foul's on the pass, then it, then it should be, you know, ball out of bounds, no bucket. If the yeah. foul's on the shot, it should be bucket good, and then we're, you're shooting an and one opportunity. But I, you get the bucket and the ball. I, I don't. I just think. And no explanation. No explanation. And and maybe Grant got one. Uh, I just thought it was mismanaged. They were very. The referees were very confused. They were going to do one thing, then they huddle up and this guy. We're going to do another. But then you still give them the bucket. So. I don't, I don't, I'm not heard of that. Um, you know, bucket well, in the ball and no flagrant or anything like that. I mean, 
I was bewildered as well, and I'd like to offer one hypothetical. The only thing that makes sense, and maybe the simplest explanation, is the explanation. Did anybody consider that that was a moment of make it, take it? Did the ref say anything <laughs> about make it, take it? All right, boys, we got a make it, take it situation here. We're giving him the two. Then, obviously, after making it, you take it. So, let's let them take it. And then they get another bucket, more importantly. <laughs> but, yeah, that was bewildering. And uh, then we get into learning what this signal means with our hands, which is some type of what I thought was a praise and worship type of motion with the arms. Like, just thank you, God, for letting us be here today playing basketball. But instead, it was uh, instead of a four-point play, potentially, or at least a three-pointer and no call, uh, it was no three-pointer. It was a flop and a technical free throw attempt. Is that the other one you're you're referencing here? Because I was bewildered double time. Yeah, th this one is uh, – this one – altered the game, uh, in my opinion. Um, and look, you have to be good enough to overcome some of this. Um, if you rebound better, if you, you know, if you, if you take care of the ball better and all those things, I'm just, but you know, and th th part of this is just life on the road. Okay. I get it. You're not getting every call and all that, but I feel like it's our job due to, to storytell and explain how we got to this point. And, and the fact that it was, I want to say, TC was up nine, maybe even 12, and you hit back-to-back -back threes, and Pop Isaacs had hit the second of those threes, and it cut it to 63-57, and I think that's right, and then the crowd is just really kind of the tech fans that were there, and there were some for sure, um, I met some of them, by the way, they listened to you and I, uh, Good, uh, we, we appreciate you uh, spreading the good word, folks, um, but uh I, uh, you know, the pop hits this three in transition and they call, we haven't seen a flop called all year. This was a point of emphasis a couple of years ago where they were really sick and tired of, you know, selling calls and like falling after three point makes and all these things. And so they really made it a point of emphasis and they were going to like the way it was, they're going to, they're going to warn, you know, people. Okay. Like I'm going to, we're going to warn you and, and, a and, a a warning and then a, a second call on the same thing. And it's going to constitute a personal foul and, yeah. and like free throws for the other team. If you, if you, you know, flop or fall down or whatever. Well, we haven't seen one called all year, you know, not once have I seen this call made. Um, and Tony Padilla uh, right there uh, gotten his feelings, I gather, because <laughs> he, um, he not only calls the flop, but I think, and then utters something to the effect of, if you're going to try to show me up, <laughs> then, you know, or, or something along those lines, then I'll, I'll do this. Well, and, and Tony, I hope that he gets graded on this. And I wish he had to sit up there after the game and explain himself for, for such a call, because, not only should it have been a foul call, uh, but it should have been a four-point play opportunity. Right. The rule is you have to give space for the shooter to land. Pop Isaacs literally lands on the defender's foot, like the front end of his foot. There is no place to land. That is the rule. The referee has to know the rule book, but to get in his feelings and talk about showing up and this and that, and then award a free throw to TCU, totally stop the momentum – and, and that you that you had because I think you were I think you're on a, a six zero run at the time, and you're, you're getting back in this deal and the flow of the game and the crowd's into it. Instead, whistle, flop, free throw, momentum stopped. 
I just thought it was uh, it's bad officiating is what it is. It's uh, it's a shame that they can't be better. They get very they are excuse me very well paid. I'm getting choked up. I'm so pissed. Um, <laughs> I can't can't even talk. They get they are very well compensated, but that that's just a blown you know mismanagement of the game, the rules, and everything. Um, and so. I don't know. But again, I, I'll say this. You have to overcome that kind of stuff on the road. Um, it, it's just very frustrating because that's where the game changed and you weren't you weren't good enough to overcome it. But it was not a flop. It was, a, a, if anything, a foul on the defender for not giving Pop Isaacs room to land, which is it's unsafe. This is how guys get hurt. That's why the rule is in place. You come down, you tweak uh, your, your 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 foot, your ankle, your, your knee. I mean, you, you start landing on people. You have to give, uh, you know, there's a, uh, some space there where you have to give the shooter room to land. Uh, it's dangerous. Uh, and, and and that was not given to him, and yet they call a flop. So, I don't know. Uh, that very frustrating to me. Okay, I'll uh, <laughs> gather myself and, uh, um, and, and try to calm down. But, uh, yeah, I just – I feel like we, we owe the people uh, the full – context of things and and i i didn't want to leave that one in my back pocket because that was a big part of the game yeah another moment of uh bewilderment i guess but uh i I was just immediately attributing it to an official catching feelings which i guess they can never avoid and i don't know if i've gotten too far into a flop conversation on this program chris but my general thought on this uh, new era of we're calling flopping and things like that is all rooted in the officials being bad at their job to begin with. Like what is a flop? Uh, it's what has been incentivized by officials falling for it for decades. <laughs> and then all of a sudden they say, okay, we're going to get rid of this, not by having better officials that don't fall for it, but by then asking these same jack wagon officials to interpret when it is a flop and then get upset about it and then call a technical foul or whatever it might be. And then, oh, by the way, beyond the technical, we're still just going to be really, really mad at you. And we're probably going to call it a different way here or there. The entire thing should have begun with, I don't know, like a seminar, a workshop, a boot camp for these officials to maybe remind them what is a flop and what is not a flop. Like, I didn't feel like there was a new law needed (laughs) to police flopping. How do you police flopping? Don't fall for it. Don't call it. If you're an official and a guy is flopping and you don't feel like this is a charge or he was shot or he was hit on the shot or whatever, don't call it. Make the guy look like an ass that way. Falling down, you know, when he's touched by a ghost. I thought that was insult enough to the player. Not get the call. I mean, we've all seen games, right, where a guy does that and ref just kind of looks at him like, I don't know what you're doing, bud. You trip over the line. I don't know what's happening here. But it's just like. Hey, let's get in this a little bit more and try and hall monitor this situation. (laughs) Like the refs who couldn't interpret a flop in the first place now are interpreting in a punitive way. Flops, the whole thing is backwards, in my opinion, and needs to be reworked. But, of course, the tell is as old as time when it comes to an official catching feelings. Well, you can't show me up. I'm an official. Hey, I didn't get a harumph out of that guy. Harumph! You know, it's that kind of thing. Whether it's baseball basketball. I don't know if you get it quite as much from a football perspective, but this is a tale as old as time and highly frustrating. So Tony Jack wagon of the day for you, Mr. Padilla, uh, before we move on, can I touch on one more out of character element to this basketball game and hmm, heard a little extra to have it coming from this guy. When I previously knew Micah Peavy 
As a basketball player, the dude couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat. He was unconscious four for four from beyond the arc. And I'm not just talking as a three-point shooter. I mean, like 15-footer, the guy couldn't hit a broadside of a barn. When he was at Texas Tech, I liked him as a player. He was a great athlete, and I thought he can be a great defender if he wants to. And for the most part, I thought he did play hard and, and did some good things, though, as a very, very young player for Texas Tech. Was kind of smooth getting to the rim, but didn't have the ability to finish at the rim, much less go four for four from beyond the arc. So credit to Micah Peavy for whatever he was feeling. I guess that one was a tough pill to swallow. And I'm thinking watching that, Chris, like, you know, I'm not following Micah Peavy's game this year. I thought, damn, did he develop a shot? And I just didn't know about it coming into it. Then they put it on the screen, 25% for the year coming into it for for four, man. There's 12 for you that made the difference in the game. That was just uh, that was just unbelievable. And again, credit to Micah for having a nice night, but that was not the PV we once knew. Well, and this is what you were dealing with. It's like, you know, when, when he's going four for four from behind the arc and then Trivion Tennyson is banking in threes off the glass, you're like, okay, <laughs> may not be our night. You know, and that's the way it goes sometimes. Yeah. Uh, you know, but I mean... You know, in, in PV, it, it's funny because, I mean, I, I had somebody go like, man, he's taking – it's like he's – it's this personal vendetta against Texas Tech, whatever. There's not there's not a soul on the team. I mean, the, the only people he may know are, are Jeff Haxton and I, for all I know. I mean, like still – What did you guys do to him? Yeah, nothing. Um, <laughs> you know, we didn't we didn't really acknowledge each other before the game. I, don't, I mean, I would have said hello to him, but he was doing this thing. And he, and he was – I feel like he's been at TCU long enough now because um, he's in his, like, I guess his third season there um, and, and all that. But, uh, yeah, I was very – this is not – he still struggles to shoot. Uh, you know, he's a big-time defender. Uh, they they basically put him – they put him on Pop Isaacs, but they, they'll put him on, on you know, whoever your, your best offensive weapon is. And, obviously, Pop still – got plenty of his and so maybe you know michael was using exerting more energy on the offensive end than defensive end because pop you know had a phenomenal night uh, 23 and 9 i think as you mentioned earlier but yeah when you got a guy like that that's it's not on the scouting but it's like found money you know uh because he, he, he had 13 made threes on the season coming into the game and last night i think he makes four alone so to up his total so that just to give you an idea you know, Mama said there'd be days like that. I mean, I get, you know, I, you know, right. I mean, it's just, you know, but then, and then when Tennyson, who's a who is a legit shooter. I mean, he is he's like your Kerwin Walton or McMillan, but when he's banking him in, you're like, okay, I mean, I, I mean, what, what, what? Let's just uh, pack it up and, uh, and 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 redo this on another day. Um, yeah. You know, and speaking of, uh, I was uh, you mentioned the hall monitor thing. I was never fortunate enough, uh, it, you know, in school to be like on that side of the the coin as it related to my teachers or or administration or folks making those decisions. I was always the person that they were having to, you know, appoint the hall monitor, monitor to, to, poli yeah. to police, you know, folks like myself. Yeah, hey, me too, man. Chris, is this like your third bathroom break in this in biology class? Yeah, I mean, what's what gives, man? Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm just kind of doing my thing out here in the hall, but no TAs, um, teachers, assistants, or hall <laughs> monitors on this program. No, all, no. I mean, I, you know, I'm not necessarily proud of that, but hey, man, you are what you are. You know, um, <laughs> that's right. And, and and I and I hate, uh, you know, the, the 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 emotions of of the game is what makes it fun. Um, I've seen a lot of officials get called out, uh, and and I, I just I think that Jerome Tang. 
said it after the game on this past Saturday when he called out Gary Maxwell, who was a veteran official, for teeing up his one of his best players in Kim Carter. But the, the premise was, I have to be accountable. We're going to ask players to sit up here and be accountable. Why are officials not held like accountable for some of these calls that are – you know, largely affecting people's lives and moods and podcasts, you know, I mean, like, why do you, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, and that, that's always the frustrating part is like, it's always shrouded in secrecy. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. And so, and it's a, it's a monster game to try to officiate. You do have some good officials in the big 12, not all, but some are, are, are good, try to do a good job and some that don't get caught up in the uh, emotions of it. And it, which is very difficult. Um, I wish I didn't get caught up in the emotions uh, as much, but I, I you know, I, I, I lost a uh, train of thought and talking point earlier trying to discuss how frustrated I was. So yeah, they're like the Oracle of Delphi. They return to their mountaintop <laughs> nest to consult with the gods and we don't get to talk to them again until they're back uh, down from yes. a pond high. So whatever. Hey, I got good news for you. We're going to finish on a high note and here it is, boys. First, today's episode brought to you by Jace Medical, and I hope this podcast is a great escape from the nutso realities of life, but just because it is an escape doesn't mean those realities have gone away. And one of the latest pieces of wildness I've heard, according to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics right in the middle of flu season. Can you imagine how helpless you'd feel if your spouse or kids were sick while a supply chain issue kept them from the medication they needed? You don't have to because of the peace of mind you're going to get with Jace Medical and the Jace Case. The Jace Case is a pack of five different antibiotics that treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including respiratory infections, sinus issues, dermatological infections, and many more. These things can affect anybody, so be one of those anybodies that goes to jacemedical.com right now to receive your 12-month supply of your daily medication. And remember to use our promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for a discount as well. At jacemedical.com, you're going to complete a physician assessment that will then be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. Never been more important to be prepared, so take the quick step to do so for your family and go to jacemedical.com and use our promo code LOCKEDON for 20 bucks off your purchase with Jace Medical. Football schedule is out. Chris is going to Ames, Iowa in early November. <laughs> so what are the odds that it's going to be zero? Fairly low, although it still is the month of November. You probably had a chance to chew on this yesterday. And here it is on the screen. If you haven't seen it thus far, I'll run through it for those listening on podcast. You've got Arizona State coming to town for a conference home opener September 21st, followed up with another back-to-back here in the LBK at Cincinnati, coming to town September 28th. Arizona Wildcats, you will visit in Tucson October 5th, back here against Baylor October 19th, and you got two straight on the road. Texas Christian, Iowa State back-to-back. Colorado comes to town November 9th. You visit Stillwater, Oklahoma to take on the Cowboys November 23rd, and then wrap it up Thanksgiving weekend back here in the LBK on a Saturday as West Virginia We'll head out to West Texas for the Battle of John Denver's Soul. The Duchendorf Cup will be the regular season finale. Uh, Chris, I thought there were some pretty nice breaks here for Texas Tech, including a couple of open weeks uh, to regather yourself with some extra time slotted in there. What'd you make of it? Yeah, and, and I'd like to spend some more time talking about it on tomorrow's show. Uh, but I think at first glance, uh, I think that the first really – the, the glaring thing to me is that 
and Joey has even touched on this a little bit. He was at the the basketball game last night. And in fact, he 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 came over and said hello. And, and this is the brief comment that we shared with each other. And this is the point that I'm going to make now. You've really struggled out of the gate in the first couple of years, uh, and it's been the strong finishes that you've had. You really, really have a chance on paper, mind you, have a chance to build some serious momentum and have a great start. Four of your uh, first five at home. And uh, I just, you know, I, I think you're, you know, and, and I guess what, four of your first uh, seven uh, or, well, no, excuse me, four of your first six uh, are, are at home, but four of your first five, four of your first six uh, all, uh, all at home. And golly, Chris, I can't, I can't, yeah. Five of, five of the first seven. Five of the first seven. Jeez. See, I'm, this is what happens, man, when you get me on not much sleep. I'm looking at the deal. I'm trying to do math. It's like I'm like, okay, the color scheme on the graphic I'm looking at, it's all – yeah. Bottom line is you have a lot of home games uh, initially to start out. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and, and I think you have a real chance to build some momentum. And I think that's a real thing to, to you know, if you can get off to – you know, six and one, seven and zero oh type of start, and and I think that that's that's something that we it's kind of uh, been missing from around here uh, a, a bit. Now you still need the fast finish uh, too to pair with it, but that's that was the first thing that I I saw that I really liked, and you know you you know those first two road games are against two what former Pac twelve teams, and. You can win them both, and that one against Arizona will be a monster game. That first uh, conference road game uh, on uh, – and, and, and the beginning of your conference schedule is weird too because like Arizona State, Cincinnati, Arizona, three big 12 games. Like in what – yeah, like you, you want to get a dose of reality of like how things have changed. Uh, that, that's like immediately, you know. It's like the back half of your schedule is like old home week, uh, but that first uh, – <laughs> But that first little stretch there is like, okay, new one, new one, new one, you know. Um, so anyway, but that that was my first uh, thought. But yeah, we can spend a little more time talking, breaking it down a bit, uh, and get into the average weather report uh, in early November in Ames, <laughs> Iowa uh, tomorrow's show. Yeah, we'll chew on it a little bit further. Uh, and I'll try to do be better at math by the time we talk about it again. Oh, hell, why bother? Uh, <laughs> that's not a requirement for me. Um, I would not sleep on... You know, we're talking about building early momentum. Uh, do not sleep on the trip to Pullman, Washington, week two, everybody. So just remember that before we get on to talking about early momentum within the Big 12 schedule. And the only thing that didn't break the way I would have liked, given a good coach 11 weeks or so to prepare, Oklahoma State, November 23rd. Was hoping maybe a little bit earlier, you know, right around the time when they like to lose to South Alabama as opposed to making a run to the conference championship game. But you can't have all the breaks. Let us know what you think about the schedule in the YouTube comments. We'll get back to some superlatives and chew on it a little bit further on tomorrow's show. And, of course, back to hoops as we wrap up the week and get ready for another big one. Chris, appreciate the time as always, man. We'll do it again tomorrow. Should have been in uh, math class as opposed to, you know, you know, out in the hallway need, needing to be monitored. Needing to be monitored. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Shame on me. And and seriously, appreciate uh, seeing those of you at Shulmire Arena as I was exiting the building. Uh, took some pics with a couple of folks. Appreciate you paying attention to this podcast for being on RedRaiderSports.com, whatever, man. It's awesome to see you folks. Guns up. And as everybody kept telling me, keep hope alive. Yes, I will take my own advice. Hope it is still alive.
Subscribe on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts so you never miss an episode. Thanks for being out there and hope to see you back for the next round on Locked On Texas Tech.